Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of realeverything.com. I'm all about loving the skin you're in and being healthy inside and out. And I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne of thepaleomom.com. I believe that scientific literacy is the key to improving public health. Welcome back to The Whole View, episode 434, where Sarah and I will probably gush all about how much we love our dogs. Um, We are here (laughs) to talk about um, CBD for animals because we've talked about how great animals are for your well-being, your mental health, and also more likely physical exercise and all the things Sarah and I have been chatting about for 15 minutes before the show. And we've talked about the benefits of CBD for humans in separate shows. But this week... um, how many times have we each been asked what we think or know or can help advise on CBDs for animals? Yeah, approximately a bajillion. So just a reminder that we are not medical professionals and we are say, right, not give or take infinity veterinarians either, but we do love science. So we're going to share about that. But first I want to thank our sponsor for this week who has also sponsored two prior CBD shows. If you want to go back and listen to them, we're not going to dive all into the science. We're going to kind of have a level of expectation that you know that knowledge. So if you haven't listened to episode 420 for CBD for pain management or for episode 393, where we talked about CBD in general, definitely go listen to those before we jump into this week's episode on CBD for pets. Um, And thank you to our sponsor, One Farm. As on the previous shows, you can get 15% off at onefarm.com. That's spelled out, O-N-E-F-A-R-M.com slash the whole view and use code whole view for 15% off. So we actually have a question from Sherry. Of course, this is a representative question because as you said, uh, we have been somewhat inundated by these questions since, uh, especially since episode 420, where we really dove into the science behind how CBD can actually be a really effective tool for pain management. Um, so can I'm going to also just take a moment we'll to pause the- and say, yuck, yuck, yuck. It still cracks me up that we did that show intentionally as 420. I'm sorry. Just <laughs> go back into the shadows. Uh, I mean... <laughs> The, the the fun behind the scenes fact, it had been scheduled for episode 419. And then I was like, oh, we should put this off a week. <laughs> and we did. And it was great. And I stand by that choice. I think it was awesome. So Sherry wrote, Hello, ladies. Let me first say I'm so glad I discovered your podcast this year. I look forward to each new episode and have been working my way through past years on my daily dog walks and house cleaning. As a dog mom, I really enjoyed the two episodes you did earlier this year on pets. After listening to your episode on CBD for pain management, I wondered if CBD could also work for dogs. I would love to know your take on it. Thanks again for your company during this strange year. I am positive we would be BFFs in real life. 100% we would. All, mm-hmm. all yep. listeners, if you're here, especially if you've been here for a hot minute, we are BFS. It's not that we would be. We are. We just haven't met yet. That's all. Um, I'm curious about this, and I'm also curious about anxiety. I don't know if you're going to cover mm-hmm. that, but I'm going to throw that at you because I have a really annoying cat, 
And one of the questions <laughs> that I asked you early on when we said we were going to do the shows, I was like, oh my gosh, will it help my cat? <laughs> Um, I, I definitely have some science to share and we will definitely talk about anxiety as well. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that interested me because there are, you know, close to 30,000 studies on, uh, CBT, THC, sort of other cannabinoids, um, basically all kinds of things from the cannabis plant, um, in terms of, understanding how they interact with the endocannabinoid system in humans and how they can, you know, especially, you know, we've talked on the show before, you know, again, referencing um, our previous episodes about how CBD specifically, because it's not psychoactive, um, can still interact with the endocannabinoid system and have really beneficial effects on pain on the physiological responses to pain and the emotional responses to pain. So that then has this like, you know, sort of downstream benefit to immune function and hormone regulation and also things like depression, anxiety. And we've talked about this on the show before. When I got into the literature, I think the the most important thing that I can communicate now is that the science in pet use um, there certainly is some, and we're going to talk about it, um, but compared to closing in on 30,000 studies in humans, there's less than 200 studies that have been done in dogs. And so the we're just at this place where um, the science needs to catch up a little bit to to the usage. And that's, that's actually really interesting because there's a few different papers that say, like, look, like vets are recommending this. Um, people are just taking it or giving it to their dogs. There's tons of different products that are, you know, basically created for pet use specifically. And there's a lot left to know. Um, but let's go through what is there because what is there, there is some really interesting information. Um, I want to start like taking a big step back and just talking about the toxicology and the pharmacokinetics. So basically like what what happens when a dog takes CBD, what is an appropriate dose, what is the half-life of, you know, how long does it stay in their bloodstream, what is the best route of administration, like, let's go all the way back to, like, the the super, just the safety um, information. Um, one of the reasons why this is so important is that um, dogs have a higher number of cannabinoid or a higher density of cannabinoid receptors in their brains compared to humans. So they're actually much more sensitive to cannabinoids than humans are, and especially to the psychoactive properties of THC. In fact, THC is quite toxic for dogs. Um, and so there's a whole, you know, there are a bunch of studies of like accidental dogs getting into their owner's recreational marijuana and that having, you know, some pretty detrimental effects. The studies that have specifically looked at CBD in the absence of THC have um, really studied uh, doses in the range of four milligrams per kilogram body weight per day, usually divided into two doses. So it's a dose every 12 hours and up to about 20 milligrams per kilogram per day, but most of the studies are in the range of four to five milligrams per kilogram. So what does that actually like translate to? So, uh, you know, metric to wait, wait, I, units. I was going to say, yeah. I know this one from lifting weights. A kilogram is 2.2 pounds. 
Yes. I remembered um, that. I didn't have to Google it. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> I really am. I'm really proud of you too. Um, so uh, if you have a 22 pound dog, um, that's 10 kilos. If you have a 44 pound dog, which I do officially now, uh, that's 20 kilos. Um, so dosing um, every 12 hours at a sort of typical like five milligrams per kilogram means about 2.5 milligrams per dose for a 22 pound animal. Um, and just like for reference, you know, Stacy and I have talked about how much we take, um, for supporting sleep and anxiety. And Stacy talked about, um, pain management with, uh, her back injury. Um, that's about a quarter, if I recall, Stacey, about you take and about an eighth of what I take. Yeah, I take 10 to 25, depending on if it's preventative or if it's pain management, which is a lot less than you take. I typically take uh, 15 to 20. Um, and so, um, and there there have been times where I've taken 30. Um, I do not have the same type of um, sleepy time, lack of motivation effect that, that you get from a, from a big dose. Yeah. Um, so, um, so, you know, that's actually a really great sort of reminder that especially in humans, um, that even though CBD is not psychoactive in the same way THC is, there are some people who are more sensitive to it. And there's actually a gene that's been, uh, identified as being the culprit. So some people will have kind of a, um, just will notice more of a, uh, effect on mental clarity or emotional regulation. I, to me, it feels like a cup of coffee. It kind of like sharpens my mind. Um, um, but there is sort of like a range in terms of how CBD will feel for humans. And that's probably even more so for dogs just because of they have they have more receptors for it in their brains. Um, looking at uh, some of the toxicology studies, there's actually very little data on what would be a toxic level of CBD for dogs, um, but THC is toxic in very small amounts. And so the, the studies that have been done um, I've actually sort of combined THC and CBD. So there was um, a study in 2018 that looked at um, basically at what dose it would be high enough to cause seizures in dogs. And the the high dose that they gave that was safe was 27 milligrams per kilogram of THC combined with 25 milligrams per kilogram of CBD uh, for a year. Um, so that's quite high. One of the things that complicates this is low quality CBD products can have a higher amount of THC in them. It's one of the reasons why um, we love One Farm is because their product is very, very pure and they, it's, you know, USDA organic and they control every aspect of production from growing the hemp to, you know, all of the extraction, the bottling, like the whole kit and caboodle. So, um, so it's one of the things that I think is happening in especially dog CBD products is there's no good regulation of this industry. And so, uh, there's, there's the potential of, uh, a little bit more THC than would be good for a dog in a CBD product. And it's important to note that even though this high dose in this 2018 toxicology study 
did not, it, that wasn't causing seizures. There were definitely other signs of, um, like central nervous system symptoms of like too high of a dose. So they like tremors, uh, lethargy, hypoactivity, um, trouble with balance. Um, so like that, that was basically the cusp of like crazy high. Um, and a study that, um, actually looked at reported symptoms from parents from the pet poison hotline, um, actually showed that about half of the time a dog would sort of get into humans CBD and consume a lot of it. There were no symptoms. The rest of the time though, um, the most common symptoms were sort of loss of balance, um, and lethargy, but also a lot of, uh, gastrointestinal, right? Like vomiting, um, urinary incontinence, um, agitation or irritability. Um, so, uh, and trembling, and uh, barking vocalization. Um, now, in the pet poison hotline, there's no way of being able to separate out. Like they got into the CBD, they got into the edibles, and there's also chocolate in there, which is toxic for dogs, right? So there's no way of separating out um, whether or not that's directly CBD. Um, if it's, um, you know, this, these, they are trying to separate out whether or not it's marijuana versus a CBD product, but it's not, they don't, they can't tell you what the quality is and how much THC might be in that product. Um, and they certainly can't say, you know, what, what else might've been consumed. Um, but it's sort of an interesting thing to keep in mind. Um, the, the overall important piece of information is, uh, dogs are much more sensitive. So definitely a low dose is, is where it's at. Um, studies that have, looked at a uh, safety sort of separately have sort of showed that that uh you know four milligrams five milligrams per kilogram daily that is so common in the studies um have no detrimental effects so there's no there's no you know lethargy or um you know trembling tremors or imbalance or or anything there's no measurable effects at that dose and there's been a couple of different safety studies that have looked at that in dogs. Um, and actually there was one, there's one study that, um, I'm going to, to talk about in more detail in, um, in terms of osteoporosis, um, or sorry, osteoarthritis pain, but, um, they actually started, they did like, they did a pre-study study where they looked at two milligrams per kilogram versus eight milligrams per kilogram. It was just a single dose. It wasn't chronic. Um, and then they did, they looked at how much was in the bloodstream afterwards. So that's what a lot of these pharmacokinetic studies do is they basically give the animals a dose. Um, and then they, they take uh, a small sample of blood every, you know, 20 minutes or every half hour, every hour and measure how much CBD is actually in the bloodstream over 12 hours. Um, and so in this study, they showed even with their higher dose of eight milligrams per kilogram, there were no detrimental effects at that dose. They decided for that study to use two milligrams per kilogram just because they thought that eight milligrams per kilogram would be cost prohibitive. Um, so it wasn't because of safety concerns. Um, but still, um, I think it's important to know that low dose is the way to go. And also very, very important. There have been uh, in quite a few studies, um, reports of increased 
markers of um, liver damage or liver injury, um, including alkaline phosphatase and adenosine triphosphate, so ALP and ALT, which are very common markers of liver function, not high enough to be liver dysfunction. Um, but uh, this is like, this would be a good thing to monitor if you have a, you know, chronic, your dog has a chronic pain condition and you want to try CBD for pain management, talk to your vet, get your vet say, okay, and make sure that your vet is doing a liver function test um, at least every couple of months, a couple of times to make sure that your dog isn't one of these dogs that is going to have liver problems as a result of daily consumption of CBD. Okay, so I heard a couple of things, and I just want to, like, walk it back, because that was a lot. Um, so it sounds like, based on four milligrams per kilogram. All right, I just want to walk back and make sure I heard everything, because I'm, like, frantically taking notes, but that was a lot of information. So it sounds like, based on the studies, four milligrams per kilogram. Yes would be a good place to start. Yes. But if you're going to use it regularly, having liver checked would be important. But if you're going to do something like daily doses, even at that quote unquote, you know, in the science shows it's safe range, that you would want to work want to work with your veterinarian to make sure that your dog was not having liver or other reactions that could be harmful over the long term. Is that, was that, that a, is a summary? A hundred percent a perfect summary. Look at me. I'm patting myself on the back for the second <laughs> time. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, that's sort of the toxicology. Let's talk about pharmacokinetics, um, which basically means like how how best to administer it and how often to administer it. So um, there are different routes of administration. Um, so for example, you can give your dog the oil. You can just put a few drops in their food or you can drop it in their mouths if they you know, are, will let you. Um, there's sometimes capsules. There's um, uh, transdermal creams, just like there are for, for humans. So um, there was a really good study that actually looked at they actually looked at quite high doses. So they looked at 10 milligrams and 20 milligrams per kilogram body weight per day. Um, so half of that every 12 hours, it was right after, given right after a meal. And they compared uh, oral by capsule, oral by oil directly applied into their mouth or transdermal cream. And, um, and then they looked at how much, how high the CBD was in the bloodstream and how long it lasted over 12 hours. And they basically did, they did the same study, um, at like the first day they were given CBD, then they gave them CBD every day. So they did the same study again at two weeks and at four weeks and six weeks to kind of look at how the body adapted to chronic use. Um, so the good news was that, um, you know, there was certainly differences in terms of, how quickly CBD got into the bloodstream, but for chronic daily use, um, any route of administration that your dog likes is going to work. So the oral roots generally, right, it makes sense. It got into the bloodstream a lot faster than being absorbed through the skin. So being absorbed through the skin, there was a bit of a delay. So it took, um, it took a longer time to sort of like 
for the level to come up in the blood compared to being absorbed through, uh, you know, that oil would get partly absor- absorbed right in the mouth through through the cheek, and then the rest would get absorbed in the digestive tract. The capsule would be entirely absorbed through the digestive tract. So the fastest the fastest way to get it in the bloodstream is to just give the oil. Capsule is not far behind, and the the transdermal cream is delayed. Um, and so what you see over 12 hours is the sort of a gradual increase in the transdermal cream in terms of how much CBD is in the is in the blood. With the oral roots, you see kind of a rapid increase, and then it stays pretty steady for about six hours, and then it slowly starts to come down. Um, so twelve every twelve hours looks like a really good, um, you know, if you're dealing with if you're using CBD for chronic pain management in a dog, a dose every twelve hours looks like a a really good way to go. Um, there have been studies that have looked at with food and not with food, both look fine. Um, and really, you know, whatever's going to be the easiest route of administration. If you were going to use CBD as more of a um, acute treatment for, for pain, um, you would definitely want to go for a faster absorption. So, so an oil or, or a capsule. Um, but if you're, if you're trying to do this daily to manage pain, um, whatever, whatever's easiest for the dog is, is going to be fine. Um, so that, that is the sum total of like safety, dosing, roots of administration. Uh, I'm ready to talk about how effective it is. I was just imagining trying to rub a cream on my cat. Um, so I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> mm. So, um, what you can do, I mean, yeah, if you are going to do a transdermal cream, a really good place to rub it is inside the ears. So you're not like rubbing it into fur. You're actually rubbing it That's on, so on skin. Smart. Yeah. Um, I, I know this because I, I had a cat who uh, was on Prozac for a little while um, and did not like pills because um, the cat had massive, huge anxiety um, and was ripping out their, um, skin. And, uh, and so we switched to a cream and it was just part of petting. Um, now if you're, if you're going to do a medication, like know that it's going to be absorbed through your skin as well. Um, you know, so if that's going to be something that you want to prevent, you can wear gloves or something when you're applying it. You're a smart cookie, Sarah. (laughs) I think this is experience more than, more than anything. Um, I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of pets, um, who have had some interesting, I've had some interesting pets over the years. Um, okay. So I think that the, actually the most compelling science in terms of using CBD in animals is actually for osteoarthritis pain. Um, and they, they use this as a model for pain because it's sort of well understood that osteoarthritis in animals causes pain. And it's also very, um, it's a fairly common condition of old age in animals as well. Um, and so there's two studies that are quite, both quite recent. Um, one where they added CBD to like a normal medication regimen where they had a anti-inflammatory drug, they had, um, an antidepressant and they had an anti-convulsant all in the, um, treatment protocol. And then they basically did, that cocktail of drugs with or without CBD. So this is a really like 
great study if you've got an older animal with osteoarthritis and you're not wanting to necessarily change their medications, but you want to know if CBD could help. Um, they gave them uh, two milligrams per kilogram every 12 hours. So that's the four milligrams per kilogram daily dose. Um, and actually what they showed was they measured pain in a variety of different ways. So there was like a pain score that was from the owners filling out a survey. And then there was one that was from a vet doing a examination and there was a quality of life score. And they basically showed that all of them improved significantly with the addition of CBD. So the good news there is that CBD can actually benefit a dog's pain on top of other common medications that are used for pain management in osteoarthritis in dogs. There was a 2019 study um, that I also think is really cool because they um, just did CBD. So now, now we can go, okay, like if you're on the other end of this is new, you want to go full sort of like natural holistic approach, you know, how effective is CBD on its own? They also used the same two milligrams per kilogram every 12 hours. They compared it to a placebo um, oil. Um, and they um, they actually, this is the same study where they did, they, they did the preliminary study of like two and eight and decided that eight was going to be really expensive. So they'd just do the whole study with two. And again, they had sort of different, right, these different ways of measuring pain, uh, different surveys, uh, veterinary assessment, and again, showed like a really substantial decrease in pain, increase in quality of life. The animals were more active. Um, so like all of the things that you, you know, when you have an animal in pain and you want to help and the things that you would look for that would make you feel good as a human for looking after your animal, all of those things improved um, in this study. And so, and they did this study for four weeks at a time. Um, so those those couple of studies together, right? It's the doses in the range that has been shown to be safe. Um, and, um, and it basically showed that CBD could help with pain management in osteoarthritis in dogs, um, whether they uh, are taking other medications for osteoarthritis or are not. That makes sense to me because we talked in detail about how it's helpful for humans and we're all animals. I know we like to think of ourselves as different, but you know, and the way that our bodies function and all that kind of stuff is not that far apart. So I'm not surprised to hear that it's helpful for joint pain. I know when I was growing up, my mom always had big dogs and we would give them glucosamine, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And, um, I would totally, if if I were in that situation today, think that this could be a really good either alternative or addition to helping that pain. So, I mean, my my uh, instinct on that would be in addition because glucosamine is very much about um, protecting the joint tissues, whereas CBD is it will address the inflammation piece of it as well, but is also much more of a direct modulator of the pain sensation. And so you're actually would be benefiting something like osteoarthritis in from two different angles, right? So look, look at us. We're not veterinarians. <laughs> We're dropping no, the knowledge. Definitely, definitely check it all with your vet first. Exactly. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. Okay. Uh, anxiety. Cause I knew you were going to ask this. So I found the one and only study that has been done <laughs> for those 
listeners who have um, followed me on Insta stories at all, I frequently share the frustrations of my male cat with the world. Not intentionally, but because he is always crying. Like when he's here, he is miserable and we don't want him to be an outdoor cat, but we cannot get him to just chill at home. Like he is so stressed out if he's not protecting the yard or I don't know, whatever he's doing out there. So I'm really looking forward to giving this a shot. Like genuinely, um, either that or evidently Kitty Prozac in the ear could also work. We'll see. Um, so I should mention that there have been toxicology studies done in cats and it does seem like very similar doses, um, you know, four milligrams per kilogram daily. So that total dose divided in two, um, seems to be about the same. It seems to have about the same half-life in cats as in dogs. Um, I do not, uh, I did not find any, um, studies looking for anxiety in cats. And it's in part because their anxiety behaviors are a little bit harder to measure. Dogs, when they're anxious, have, I think, much more distinct anxiety behaviors. Um, and so this particular study used what they called, and this is a quote from the abstract, a fireworks model of noise-induced fear was used to assess CBD effectiveness after seven days of supplementation. Uh, which I thought was brilliant since I have a dog who has developed a dislike for fireworks. Uh, so I was like, wow. And um, basically what they did was they played fireworks noises on a speaker for uh, like six minutes. Um, so they had, or they didn't do it, for, they, the total test lasted six minutes. It was like three minutes of regular noise and then three minutes of fireworks noise. And then they measured like, how they reacted, were they barking, were they pacing, were they um, cowering, right? So they were looking at behavioral measures of the fear response. And they, uh, what they did was they actually looked at CBD by itself or CBD combined with um, trazodone, which is a very commonly prescribed anti-anxiety med for dogs or the combination. And um, they actually, they showed that the anti-anxiety med lowered their cortisol levels. Um, you know, this was a given daily for seven days up to this test um, and, you know, improved the various measurements of fear and CBD didn't. Um, CBD had a small measurable benefit to heart rate, um, but in terms of the behavior, there, there wasn't much of an effect at all whether it was combined with, with trazodone or on its own. Um, so, uh, this is like one very specific model it's in dogs. It's, uh, you know, one dose. It was a dose that was, um, only given for seven days beforehand. Um, so they were, you know, it, keep that in mind. Um, but it, it didn't, it didn't seem to improve the, anxiety caused by fireworks. Um, the dose that they gave was the equivalent of 1.4 milligrams per kilogram per day. So also there is a question about whether or not going up to four milligrams per kilogram per day might be more beneficial. Um, and certainly CBD did not worsen the anxiety in these dogs. Um, so I take that as to go like, well, there might still be a 
N equals one experiment to perform with your dog. Um, but this one study would, would certainly imply that CBD might not be as magical for anxiety in dogs as it is in many humans. Womp womp. Well, it doesn't hurt to try and to use safe doses. Like you said, I'm going to, you know, I planted like catnip in our yard to try to keep that cat. <sighs> I, I have catnip that I planted for the bees. So, you know, it's, it's still a nice plant to have. It's yes, very pretty. Yes, yes, yes. It's part of my, what do they call that kind of garden? That's like a, um, a happy bug garden. I, there's a word for it. People who are listening right now are like shouting it. Uh, pro entomological. I just made that up. Yeah. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but that's not what the kids <laughs> on the street call it. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's, I planted a bunch of things who are supposed to make the happy bugs. The good bugs as my kids learn to call them in farm camp happy. Um, so bees and butterflies and stuff like that. Anyway, I, I'm just here, here I am telling you, I'm going to give it a shot on my cat and I'll report back. I'm not expecting great things, but I'm I'm hoping because I know that it works really well for me. So <laughs> I want yes. it to work for him. Um, what what else is um, CBD potentially good for in pets in general? So the the other big thing that it's been studied for is epileptic seizures, and this is really interesting because there's some really now compelling human studies showing that CBD can be extremely effective at reducing or eliminating seizures in what's called refractory epilepsy or intractable epilepsy. So that means epilepsy that is not responding to uh, drug, like drugs, anticonvulsant drugs. Um, and that's like up to like 50% of um, epileptics. It's, it's a really big problem of basically how, um, how little conventional medicine has in terms of tools to help reduce seizures. Um, and so the fact that CBD has been shown to, to, it's sort of similar to, um, other strategies where they're sort of responders and non-responders. Um, but there's something like 50%, you know, such studies have shown sort of order of magnitude, 50% of, um, people with refractory epilepsy. So epilepsy that did not respond to drugs do respond to CBD. So if we have any listeners who have epilepsy and want to dig into that science any, anymore, let us know. We could always do a show on it. Um, but, um, but that's why I thought sort of pulled this study that was um, just published in 2019, looking at CBD for epilepsy in dogs um, who did not respond to anticonvulsants. They used uh, the equivalent of five milligrams per kilogram daily dose. So it's 2.5 milligrams per kilogram um, uh, given each time twice a day. And um, they also gave this um, as just a straight oil. So that's also the most common way that this is, is has been given. And they did this in addition to whatever other treatments that the dogs were on. And they found, um, even with this fairly low dose, that there was about a 33% reduction in seizure frequency compared to the placebo group. So they basically took all of these dogs with epilepsy. They didn't change any of their medications. They gave 
half of the dog CBD and the other half no CBD. Um, and, uh, and showed like, you know, given that this is epilepsy, that's not responding to medications, a 33% reduction is pretty fantastic. Um, now this is another one of those studies that did show, um, that there was a, a small increase in, um, markers of, uh, liver not happiness. Um, and so, you know, again, this is kind of one of the studies that used a higher, slightly higher dose, five milligrams per kilogram. Um, so just another, you know, it's, it's also different when you're looking at healthy dogs versus dogs with chronic health conditions. And so it does make a strong case for checking for signs of liver damage, um, through some fairly regular blood work with your vet. Um, and the, the, you know, the conclusions that the authors made of this study was that, uh, there were definitely responders and non-responders in their CBD group. Um, and what they would be interested in doing, they sort of did a call for like, we really want to try a higher dosage to see if we can reduce seizure frequency by over 50%. That's considered a really important threshold in, um, epileptic seizure management. And so, um, that was, you know, they certainly had some dogs that had over 50%, but they want to see if they can increase the efficacy. So open question, that's a study that needs to be done. Um, so this is, you know, again, picking out a lot of the studies that have been done are, um, basic toxicology studies, right? Just understanding how CBD interacts with the endocannabinoid system in dogs, um, but there are, you know, there are some studies mostly, I mean, I think every study that I talked about today was published in 2019 or 2020. Um, I think there's one 2018 study in all of this. Um, and so this is an active area of research. We're still at a place where the research, um, you know, needs to catch up, but there are some really good um, evaluations in terms of safety and dose and route of administration. So all of that's a really good base uh, to, to, to have. And there's some good studies showing that CBD can be effective for, for pain management. That's where, that's where this, the science is the most, um, most impressive. So I will reiterate, talk to your vet first. Um, that I think is really important. The dose should be low, um, and it should be a really clean CBD. So make sure that it is a high quality CBD without THC. Again, why we love One Farm so much, um, because they really do have the highest quality CBD. It's third party tested for contaminants. Again, it's it's USDA organic. Um, you know, it's super high quality. And One Farm does have CBD oil and transdermal creams for pets. That is a lower dose, so that it's easier to make sure that you're keeping the dose low for your animals. Um, and it's the same high quality CBD that's in their human products. So that's really important too. I do personally use it and I would trust it on my pets for sure. Um, I think we've talked about before, but I just want to mention it's so critical to use a brand of CBD that's being tested. This is, you know, my overall life philosophy, but you don't know what's in there if you don't test it. So for the safety of your pets and yourself, that's why we love One Farm. So thanks again to, for One Farm sponsoring the show. Um, you can go to onefarm.com slash the whole view and use code whole view for 15% off. 
Sarah, thanks for diving into the science. I guess I just want to kind of recap for Sherry. Yeah, give it a try, but work with your vet. (laughs) Yes. A long way of saying, yeah, it could work. Yeah, give it a try. Small dose, uh, whatever route of administration is the easiest for your particular particular pet. Um, and just just like we would always suggest that even supplements need to, you know, run run past your doctor. Um, make sure that they're in the loop. Uh, it's called medical supervision, and it's pretty great. Uh, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Um, that's that's the same when doing any kind of supplementation for a pet too. Thanks again for listening and for being here, part of the show. I just want to remind you, we are going to pop over to Patreon and check in with our Patreon fans and tell you how we really feel about this show. (laughs) And if you want to support us and get more podcast content, we would love to have you over there. And we'll be back, as always, again next week. Thanks for listening. Do you love the Whole View podcast? We'd love for you to leave us a review wherever you listen and share a podcast with your friends and family. And did you know that you can now get exclusive behind-the-scenes content on Patreon for less than the price of an almond milk matcha a month? Your Patreon membership supports us and gets you access to a monthly bonus episode. But not for kids' ears, because our bonus content is explicit. You can find us as The Whole View on Patreon for our real, unfiltered thoughts on this week's episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.